Welcome to episode 89 of the Two on Three podcast, a weekly hour-long show where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can definitely find me opining on what's better, what I'd rather, and whether or not I know about it on Twitter at SEATJK. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where can we find you doing much of the same, Chris? You can find me at CD Villasenor, and yeah, my preferences are just wide open for the world to see. That's what Twitter's for. I have opinions, and here's the I, internet. <laughs> I'm gonna throw my opinions into the into the ether, and and maybe someone will latch onto one. Perhaps, perhaps not. <laughs> Interact with the show on Twitter at two on three pod, or hit us up via email at holla, holla. at two on three pod You know how much we love to hear from you. We're gonna be giving into our baser instincts tonight as we give you a show really built for our format. In segment one, we're going to start with what's better as we do two movies, one screen, where we decide which of two twin theatrical releases is the superior. In segment two, we're dipping our bucket back into the well of the would you rather. And in the tertiary segment, we'll do a public service and share some did you knows from around the home. The Jawa, as always, waits beyond the buzzer along with the OT, where the law of diminishing returns threatens to open a singularity in our capitalist hellhole. But first... I have a question for you. Yes. Do you now or have you ever participated in game night? Yes. And um, I think it's more of a thing that young couples do because really when you're single, like who wants to go to game night? But <laughs> when you're when you're young and married before you have kids and you've got other married friends and everyone's just looking at each other like, what the hell are we just supposed to do? Well, you couples get together for game night. And yes, yeah, so I've done it on more than one occasion, certainly. Do you still? Not in forever. Because we all had kids, and now no one's got time for game night. Why not? <laughs> what? <laughs> what, you want to get together with your friends and play some Pictionary or something? Well, do you have friends that you get to with, like, children of similar age that you get together with on a regular basis at all? E- yes. Okay. But we don't ever play games. Right, you just, st- just sit around and stare at each other. Well... You know, we don't get together very often anymore, so there's usually lots of catch-up to do. There's usually lots of... Or you get together around, like, the Seahawks game, or you get around an event, and so there's really no... The event is never, hey, come over and let's play games. I miss game night, though. I just miss games. (laughs) You do? Yeah, I miss group activities. I feel like those things are fallen by the wayside. Yeah, you're you're pining for a little... uh, A little... um, Pictionary, a little trouble, a little pop-o-matic dice. Uh, I mean, trouble action. I can play with the kids, <laughs> but the kids like have. So I think what brought this up for me is that the kids got some games. Um, I don't know if it's for birthdays or whatever. We just have a couple of new board games in the house, and we have like the simplest version of Monopoly I've ever seen, which everybody can play. Which is actually yeah, it's the the carnival one, right? Um, no, Monopoly our, Junior. It's not that one. Okay, um, we have two actually. So. I don't remember the theme of the one. It's like pets or something, but it's very simple. You don't really, there's, there's, you exchange tokens, but you just kind of play to a natural end. There's no, like, I've collected all the assets and you're all poor and destitute. So now I'm the winner. (laughs) That is what Monopoly is all about. Crushing your, crushing your enemies. This will be a nice bookend for the OT to come later. It might be. But um, then we have this one that's a little bit more advanced. That's more of a, like, third, fourth grade ish kind of game. And, um, our younger daughter wanted to play with me. And so I was like, all right, well, we're not doing anything else, so I'll give it a try, even though I knew it was a little old for her. And, in fact, it's not supremely complex, but you know how, like, every time you learn a new game, it seems, like, impossibly impenetrable? Like, there's all mm-hmm. these weird rules. And this one, especially for kids, it's a Super Mario Monopoly, where okay. there's not chance cards, there's, like, power-ups. But then, like, every player, every character, like, who you are in the game matters. Like, if you're Peach, you get a certain power-up. If you're Bowser, you get a certain power-up. Mario, yeah. and so on and so forth. Okay. Um, and I was Mario, and I didn't know that going into it. In fact, my daughter wanted me to be Mario. And it turned out Mario's power-up was actually to, like, basically generate money out of thin air. <laughs> and I just happened to keep landing on this space. And so I was just, like, crushing her at the game. And it wasn't through any fault of my own. I was just following the instructions mm-hmm. of you know, what the game was, was telling me to do. And I ended up winning. She get up, she, she of course got upset because I'm, I, I wanted to like, I don't want to let her win, but at the same time, I know that if I win, she's just going to get mad that she didn't win. That's just how it's going to end. Right. Um, but at some, at one point it was taking long enough. We were like 20, at least 20 minutes into it. And I was like, mm-hmm. thank God, I can't imagine playing an entire game of this. 
But it, I started thinking then that we had recently also acquired a, I would say, simplified version of Yahtzee. I don't remember what the name is. How can, we, how can you make Yahtzee any more simple? Have you, when's the last time you played Yahtzee? Um, it's been years. Okay, so the scoreboard's actually fairly complex in the sense that you have to make a lot of choices and... That's, um, well, I mean, yeah, you got, I'm going for threes. I'm sure. going for, yeah, you know what, I mean, how difficult is but, it? It's not difficult. Know, I mean, there's like, there's all kinds of variants and you have to like understand that like you get the total of the dice in certain situations and you don't in certain <laughs> situations and... Okay. I'm often finding myself playing games with people, if I am playing games, who don't really either want to do it or don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this version of Yahtzee that's like, you get, when you roll something, you just get this chip, and the chip has a value. So instead of okay. having to like, keep track of it and add it up later, you just collect these chips. And even then, it was a little too much. And I just I have a hard time with that, because I want to play the game, but then I also, I'm not not lighthearted about it, but you know me, I'm competitive. Right. You're gonna win. You're gonna and you're gonna you're gonna do something really good and you're gonna face somebody with it. Well, people are getting people just get like the people in my life get mad at, <laughs> get mad at me because I can do them the I can calculate the odds fairly quickly. Have yeah, a lot of, a lot of right. experience well, you're, calculating yeah, well, odds. Well, you're good at the game, so and they're not, and they're not, and they don't care to be particularly good at it. So you stomp them. Yeah, and then they kind of don't want to play anymore. Right, because they don't want to get they don't want to get good enough at the game to beat you because that was a, that's a long road. Is it really? Just pay attention. <laughs> that's all I'm asking for. <laughs> I just want someone to try. That's a, that's what you really. For. You're looking for someone to put in some effort regarding this particular game. Yeah, give me a game here. Come on. Yeah, I like. How about just like regular like card pitch. night? Like, what about just regular card night where you like play, like, you know, some variants of gin rummy or something? Yeah, maybe. That shit's boring. That shit is boring. <laughs> well, it's just game night anyway. It's boring. No, I how like, about I, how about my favorite game is who can drink the most beer? That's a, that's a, that's that's, that's a the good game. game. I play that game by myself all the time. <laughs> I always win. I'm excellent at that game. <laughs> I kill it. All right, let's do the show. All right, in segment one, uh, I was calling this two movies, one screen. Um, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> reminds me of a, an old. Uh, oh, there was a website. God, I, I'm, my, my brain is failing. I'm, I'm about to turn 40, and I can I can tell the cognitive decline Here it is, is real. Here it is. Now, all the shit you said to me like 10 years ago and <laughs> not coming so back stupid? to haunt you. <laughs> that's coming back to haunt you. It was uh, it was television without pity. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. God. The fame tracker. Listen, who's the, who's the, who's the smart one now? <laughs> Look at me. I'm the smart one now. You know what? It wasn't that actual site. It was one of the offshoots, but... Whatever they fame tracker and they did two stars one slot right and right I was that was an underrated feature those that website was really well done and deserved a lot more credit than for being a, a internet pioneer yeah I recall it I recall the content being very good it it was very well done and the writers were very good um, all right so we in in this segment we have two movies that came out in the same year that are ostensibly trying to accomplish the same thing so we're gonna start with the classic Armageddon and Deep Impact. Now I think this happens with movie things a lot. Like somebody has a somebody picks up a script that's probably pretty good, and then rival studio says, "I bet we could make that exact same premise and get it out before you get yours out." Yeah, right. Yeah. To I steal heard your, yeah. <laughs> we heard Someone about it. Someone who passed on the script finds out somebody else bought it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then they go, "Oh, we should make. Oh, so we got a we got a we got a meteor that's going to kill the Earth." Well. Well, we can make a hell. We can make a movie about that in like twenty five minutes. So, so the I think the good one here is Armageddon. It's the I think it's higher minded. It's it's got a it's got a much better action premise. In that we have to send these we have to send these drillers into space, which is awesome. I love Armageddon, by the way. <laughs> well, who doesn't? Yeah, and Deep then, Impact is is very depressing. Well, the the. It actually hits the earth, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bold choice, Cotton. Nobody you know, wants that. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess it makes for an you know an excellent visual, but it's all about like politics and like goofy stuff. I mean, it's not it's it's not fun. It's not a fun movie at all. No, like Armageddon is just Independence Day with an asteroid. Yeah, yeah. which is great. You're I mean, right. it's 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 the right it's well, it's the right movie for me anyway. I think the I think Deep Impact is is unnecessarily dour. 
it, I feel like there were other movies like this that came out later, like uh, that actually did it. Deep Impact wanted to be um, seeking a friend for the end of the world. <laughs> that's right. that movie. It was like it was trying to be a big budget version of. Then that's actually a good movie, which is just basically about people coming to terms with the fact that that there's there's a sure destruction, and and what are you going to do with the last month of your life? Right. That's yeah, kind of exactly. what Deep Impact like tries to do. And of course, the short version of this movie is that Jose Cuervo commercial. <laughs> Have you ever seen those Cuervo commercial no, where there's, those two people are in that bar and they start dancing and then like this, these meteors are falling outside and the earth is ending while these two like this guy dances with this really attractive woman in this uh, in this this shanty bar. Okay. Eh, anyway, it's 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 a um, Armageddon's obviously the better <laughs> the better movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to make some horizontal mambo joke. No. All right, moving on. Uh, Two of your favorites here. 2004 is Chasing Liberty uh, versus First Daughter. Do we need to brief the audience on what these movies are about? Okay. So, because so, these are so the two first daughter movies, the two the two daughter of the president movies, battling it out here. Yeah. Um, it's essentially young women trying to get out from underneath their their oppressive lives, right? So we first we have my favorite, Katie Holmes. Um, as the daughter of President Michael Keaton. Okay. And then we have Mandy Moore on the other side as the daughter of um, President, um, the guy from Riptide. <laughs> <laughs> I've done my homework on this. So both of them, both of them actually very, very Mark popular. Harmon. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's oh, it's Mark Harmon. It's Mark Harmon. All right. So the so. Both of these young ladies were very popular in my life. I liked them both, but the, uh, but you know, it's the, it's the, um, it's the, uh, it's the Secret Service guy leads who are the secret, who make secret this. service guy. The secret Secret Service guy. Spoiler alerts, by the way, for all these movies <laughs> from two thousand four. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but the uh, the, the Chasing Liberty lead uh, Matthew Matthew Cross is that his name? Yeah. He's uh, he's he's uh, he's 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 much more attractive. It's a better movie. Katie Holmes <laughs> can't act for movie. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Katie Holmes has been good in movies. Okay, but, but but maybe not so much in this one. Anyway, they're both perfectly attractive. Um, Chasing Liberty, perhaps the better movie. All right, 1998's Bug or sorry, Ants. I see. I sorry, screwed it up. Ants versus A Bug's Life. Well, Bugs Life is Pixar, so it's yes. automatically it's automatically um, um, a better movie. And Ants is a Woody Allen movie. Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you know, Woody Allen's even the voice of the main character in Ants. I think I saw both of these movies. These, I've this seen. Is, both I don't these know movies. multiple times. Uh, yeah, does uh, Ants show up for you? Uh, it's here around. There? It was on Netflix for a long time. And and people were watching. Your kids were watching it. Man, I don't know. At one point, I think we watched every, before Netflix exploded. There was a time where we had watched every children's movie that was available for free that was streaming. <laughs> You're just desperate. Just like, oh yeah, just turn that on. Just put if something. It, oh my god. If it if it if it's if it shuts you up for the next hour and a half, put it on. I would say that it's possible that the Jerry Seinfeld B movie might be better than Ants. I've never sat. I've never sat through the entire B movie. Is it? Is it? Is it good? Is it it's entertaining? Good. It's weird <laughs> that it's just a B constantly going like this in my life. <laughs> Who are the bees making this honey? Yeah. All right. Well, we, we. This is taking much longer than I expected, so I have to get the next one in. Two thousand six. My all-time favorite. Uh, two movies, one slot. The Prestige versus The Illusionist. They're not really even. I mean, they just happen to be about people who they're not in any way about the same thing they're just yes. about about magicians they're both in, in that time right sepia toned magicians yes. in whatever time period they were in which is like the early the early 1900s perhaps that's what it looks like there's a lot of yeah. complex ties and overcoats the, the prestige is a absolutely terrific movie it is a nolan movie yeah. it is it's actually it's the Batman prequel because it has both Christian Bale and <laughs> Michael Caine in it. 
And it's the Batman versus Wolverine movie that everybody's always wanted. Because obviously, <laughs> I'm Michael Caine. Anyway, the um, but I don't remember much about the Illusionist. I probably saw it in the theater, and it didn't really leave any sort of impression on me. So it's but, a lot probably better than what you remember. Um, uh-huh. But the Prestige is—it's got all kinds of stuff going on, right? The cloning. The Tesla it's, machine. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the drowning box. But it's it has but it has about it the whole idea that magic is is more than just what people do on the stage. It is a commitment that uh, that and I don't and like you said I don't have any I don't even recall the themes of the illusionist at all. Like it's Ed Norton being Ed Nortony, and then who's the Do you recall who the who the the female lead is? Jessica Biel. Oh, it's Jessica Beale. Yeah. What's the what's the hook here? What happens? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> he has some <laughs> kind of like plant trick, but it's like a machine, but then she like he he has some act about raising things from the dead and he he falls in love with Jessica Beale and she's like the audience, but her husband is Crown Prince Leopold. Um, and so like he he just goes through these things where he's wow i'm doing a terrible job like i should just That's look okay. up the summary I th- and read it i think trying that, to do this from I memory think, i think that i think that explains everything i know the everything bad guy about is rufus sewell so you know he's like all oh well you know this a quality root <laughs> film when rufus sewell shows up as the bad guy yes and at some point like he pretend like i think they fake her death and then he like pretends to call her back from the grave if i recall correctly oh okay but it's 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 good. It's just not the prestige. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing about poor Ed Norton. Ed Norton's Ed Norton's made. I think, I think you're going to look back and you'll think to yourself, Ed Norton's career should have been a lot better, at least by two or three times better. He should have been the Hulk. If he hadn't have just been an asshole. I mean, there's lots of things that Ed Norton should have done, but I don't know. He couldn't get out of Ed Norton in those Avengers movies would not. I don't know. It might've worked. Yeah, you I never think, know. I think Ed passed on a lot of roles um, that because he wasn't ever concerned about being a star. He just wanted to find like stuff he liked doing, and but then he ends up doing a bunch of shit movies. It doesn't really. I pass on these good movies because I don't want to be a star, so I take shit movies. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> it's it's it, it's poor calculus on his part. All right, a couple more I want to hit here. Uh, 1989's Turner and Hooch versus Canine, the John Belushi classic. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert: The dog dies in the Hanks movie, <laughs> which which kills that whole movie. Like everybody, like everybody hates that movie because the dog bites it. Anyway, I, that dog is ugly. Also, yeah, I mean that's part yeah, of the he's, thing. That's part of the charm of the movie. All right, and then what I thought was going to be a classic battle at the time, which is I think history has shown. To be one clearly above the other, 2013's Olympus Has Fallen versus White House Down. Can you imagine Olympus Has Fallen is as in its third movie? It's a trilogy. There's a trilogy. You can, I cannot. If I would, if you would have told me Olympus Has Fallen was going to turn into a three movie set, I would have said no way. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing is, is that White House Down might be of these two movies. White House Down might be the more entertaining of the two movies. I think it is. I think it's Olympus more entertaining. Olympus Falls is just a straight action movie. White House Down is kind of an action comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, I mean, they're both. I mean, obviously, they're just diehard derivatives. Sure. But um, yeah, I think the Jamie Fox inclusion makes uh, White House Down a little more fun. Yeah. They have a. They have a. Yeah. They they crack some jokes. All right. Anyway. Well, you know what? There are more of these on this list, and I think we'll have to return to it because uh, that's the we kind of show settle. this is. <laughs> exactly. We need to settle some of these that's things. Right. All right. Let's head to segment two. Okay. In segment two, we are going to talk Would You Rathers. So, Would You Rathers, we have this treasure trove of questions every once in a while. We want to dip into it, get a couple of good ones out of here, and uh, you know, ask each other. Would we rather? So, why don't you start? I'll let you get the first one in. All right. First, would you rather? Would you rather go to jail for four years for something you didn't do or get away with something horrible you did but always live in fear of being caught? The second thing. 
I did it. Really? I did it. Yeah. I mean, I would like but to what, how, But maybe, but if they find out, like, I don't know what happened. Maybe you, accident, you, you accidentally shot your friend who used to do a podcast with. <laughs> I successfully covered up your murder. You, your you successfully covered it up. And then, and then, then, yeah, I don't know. But I don't think I have could to deal with the injustice of having to spend four years in prison for something I didn't do. I you would I, be, you would be, you would be pissed. Oh, like yeah, I don't. Uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't hold my, I can't hold myself together when I'm accused of things around the house that I didn't right. feel like I was unjustly accused for. However, oh. however, yeah, you're right. Going to jail for four, but doing something horrible, and then not being, not fessing up for it, and not. And not be like find. Let's say you find the bag of money. Let's say you find five hundred thousand dollars. A worth simple of cash, plan. A simple plan. And let's say you, you were relatively sure they couldn't trace the fact that you picked it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you could you go about your life? Like, wouldn't every every car that slow rolled by your house or every everybody who looked at you funny in a restaurant? Wouldn't that just wouldn't that just make you just insane? I think that in that particular case, considering I have the half million dollar stake, as soon as I can, I'm going to set aside that half million dollar originals in a um, in a yield fund. So that when well, how, are get, get, how are you going to get how are you going to get that into 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 the bank? How how are you going to get that into banking? No, I have to use it. Like I'll have to start a business and launder the original five hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> and then make enough money where I can squirrel away the five hundred grand in some sort of a fund, so that whenever they catch me, I'm like, oh, no worries, I was just holding it. Here you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I got I would it. Have, Plus I would interest. Have, Here it is. I would have the most kick-ass coffee cart. It's like, how come your coffee cart makes so much money? <laughs> It does great. Location, location. Yeah. Um. I couldn't do the four years in prison for something I didn't. Well, it's four years is it's not that long. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Hold on. This honestly, is jail, though. Like that's a difference. Jail. Jail is prison. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, it I can't go to. I can't go to. I can't go to hardened criminal prison. No, and I've also I learned definitely. too much about prisons. I'd be mad. You're making money off of this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even do shit. Uh, I could go to country club prison for four years. Oh my god, I don't think you could. All right, would you rather have all corporations know all of your computer usage, or the government to know all of your computer usage? <laughs> well, considering right now it's both. Yeah. <laughs> that I could deal with it. Um, I don't know. I mean, the corporate. I mean, they could. I'd rather have the corporations know about my computer usage. I mean, that way they could at least market to me. I mean, the gov- what would the government do with my computer usage? I mean, what? I play some video games. I browse the internet a lot. Um, I look at dirty pictures from time to time. I mean, what? I mean, really? I mean, I I don't live a particularly I don't live a particularly scandalous online life. So no, I don't really have much. I don't really have much to. I really have much to hide. But I definitely would rather corporations know than the government because the government, you know. Fuck you! I don't. They don't need to know my. St- they don't need to know what's going on. Yeah, I, neither one of these. I guess I, to me, the government is preferable, only because I, I've definitely had jobs where there were times where I wasn't giving it my all because of the circumstances <laughs> or other excuses I told myself at the time. And I certainly wouldn't want my like. like you spent how much time on the internet today? <laughs> uh, and me I'm and not, me like, and me and eighty percent of the people who you know you work with, right? Uh, I, you know, are you above or are you above or are you above or below the line? I'm well below that line. That's what I'm saying. Like in terms of in terms of the people you work with, do you think you're on? You think you're surfing the internet or doing non-work internet stuff above or below the average of your of your coworkers? I think it depends on the day, but I think I'm, I think I would say I am probably an average. Probably in the average. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It really depends on whether or not I get sucked into some long form story that takes an hour (laughs) to read. (laughs) Because there's a point where it's like, well, I'm reading this. (laughs) I'm not browsing the internet. (laughs) I'm reading this. I am reading something. It's important. (laughs) It makes me a better employee. It's about whether Olympus has fallen is better than White House (laughs) Town. Definitely not preparing for my podcast today. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> Whatever. Little all right. Uptick. Yeah. Little uptick. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's my next one. Would you rather all conspiracy theories be true or live in a world where no leaders really know what they're doing? So I think the world is a lot more like the second thing. 
I think people are just making. I think you think. I think the people at the top. I think the people that if the way I see it is, if I see you, if I see your face talking on television, you're not in charge. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. Is that a, is that a cynical take? No, I, I I mean, I think that you know we didn't know about like what, for instance, the efforts of the Koch brothers took a while to become a public thing. Right. It wasn't really until after Citizens United. Yeah, but so, like that was said, a long game that they played to get that there. <laughs> hey, that's what I. That's what I'm saying. I think that that the lead do the lead. I think some leaders do, maybe in some countries, but I think in our country, like you said, if I see you talking on TV, I pretty much don't think you're running the show. The um, but conspiracy theories being true is also an interesting thought. I mean, considering to you know they were talking about UFOs today, right? That was the big news that that. The Navy is like, oh shit, that's an actual video. <laughs> that, that shouldn't have that shouldn't have that shouldn't have been shared with people. Like, what? You'll have to catch me up. I was uh, away from. I wasn't on the internet very much today. I was actually out doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> there was some news today that that there was this. There's that famous UFO video, and it went around, and then and then and the Navy today said, oh no, that's absolutely a, a UFO. We could we didn't we that's an actual video, and we can't determine what that vehicle is nor can we you know determine how it works yeah well and we shouldn't conflate the naval use of ufo to the colloquial use of ufo like all i'm saying is something was flying around and and they're unable to determine what it is and they're unable to determine how it works superman that's it that's that is a that is that is a ufo but um you know would you would you rather there be like actual aliens at Area Fifty One or whatever. Yes. It's sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. That would. I. I don't know if someone like opened the door and said, "Oh shit, these are real aliens!" Like here they are. I'd be like, "Whoa." Yeah. That would that would that would mess me up more than it would change my. I think I'd just be excited. Really? Yeah. Tight. I'd, I'd be scared shitless by actual aliens. Well, I mean, I kind of like we've talked about this before. Like, my daughter asked me the other day. She's like, "Are there, you know, are there other planets with people on them?" And I'm like, "Well, we don't know, but mathematically, yes." Yeah, that's what I told her. I was like, "You know, yes." That's a fair question. That's a fair answer. Yeah. Anyway, but are they here? Ooh, that's I don't know. That'd be cool. Maybe they can show us something cool. I want to learn right. something cool. I mean, even if it results in my death. I mean, <laughs> it's better than the slow boil we got going on on the planet. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, all right. Would you rather never have to clean a bathroom again or never have to do the dishes again? Bathroom. See, mine is exactly the opposite. Really? Yes. You'd rather clean the bathroom than clean the dishes? Yes. Seriously, all you have to do with the dishes is jam in that machine and push some buttons. Buddy, it's not like that, though. <laughs> what do you mean? Because the bathroom is like once a week. It's like less than, less than 40 minutes once a week. The dishes is every goddamn day. <laughs> But it only takes like ten minutes. Yeah, but it's every fucking day. <laughs> like, there's a point where at but least the bathroom's as a parent, got like bathroom's got like like peace bladder and like things in the you got to jam your hand in the toilet and all these other. Why do I have to put my things? hand in the toilet? I feel like I'm well, putting my hand in the toilet. I'm maybe not doing <laughs> well, it correctly. I mean, you, well, you're holding a brush that that goes in the toilet. So, so by what? like electricity, you're touching. You're in the two hands. Of the I've toilet. been a fa- I've been a father of two children for seven years. I've got a big dog that takes big dumps and a cat that craps in a disgusting sandbox in the closet. So poop is not a deterrent for me. <laughs> how, how many bathrooms? It doesn't matter. This says a bathroom. <laughs> no, 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 no. How many bathrooms? I mean, if you have two and a half plus bathrooms, do you have a tub you have to clean? Yeah, is there a tub I clean involved? the tub. I also clean the tub. Oh my god, I'm a maintainer. This is... So like, no, like I, we, I squeegee the shower when I get out. Like the tub, I rinse it every time we use it. Like I, it would need a cleaning for sure, but I don't have to clean the tub every single time. You have to clean the tub like once a week, right? How many? It's not getting used multiple times. I, I, two three times a week max and i rinse it out every time <laughs> i would we you know we we pay we we pay for some cleaning yeah, on the so regular basis and uh i would pay the money we pay for the cleaning just for the bathrooms and the fact that <laughs> the whole house gets cleaned with that money i'm thrilled by well maybe that's the real deal is that i can pay somebody to clean the bathroom but nobody's gonna do, do, come do the damn <laughs> dishes <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Can you come over to my house every night about seven <laughs> o'clock, seven thirty? Just come over, just do these dishes up for me. That'd be great. There's just nothing worse than finishing dinner and then looking at the kitchen and going like. Great. Right. We stand so up and do is, some chores. I think this is a lot of where home layout makes a huge difference because we have one of those large family room eating area kitchens all in one giant room. Mm-hmm. So I can wash the dishes with the TV on or with the game on sure. or with whatever's going too. on. And it's it makes it very simple. It's it's not any it's hardly any different than me sitting on the couch and watching the game. It's for me it's the fact that it's never complete. Like it's just it's just one of those things. Never it, it's never complete. It's never done. This like it's the laundry, the dishes, and like basically preparing food. No, the garbage yeah, I can deal food. with because the garbage you get a, you get like a a day out of it at least, right? Like, <laughs> I don't have to take it out like every time we use it. Whereas like no. as soon as you make a dish, now there's di- dirty dishes. You need a bowl of cereal. There's a goddamn dirty dish in the sink. <laughs> you just give it a quick rinse and you whip it into the sink. I sheath, agree. Son. I agree. Right. But man, I think maybe just the getting back to school and having to make lunch every day is getting yeah. to me. I'm like, oh my god, this sucks! And it's like years of this still. Like, there's years of it in front of me. Man, you got to kick for some. You got to kick for some hot lunch every now and again. They won't do the it. Hook. They won't. They won't. I, they won't I, eat they it. Have money in their accounts. They just. Wait, what, they don't eat it. Like, can't you like convince them that the chicken nuggets are decent or something? Like one dish on the one offering on the on the hot lunch special is not going to like hey, Thursday. Hey, look, Thursday they're having the pizza. You like pizza? And then you and you have to make lunch that day. I I try. <laughs> I try. All the time I'm like All right. Yeah, sidebar. Uh the school doesn't send home a menu anymore. It's all done through the phone app. Uh, but the phone app on. sucks. Dude. Like it's a sucky app. Well, I tell you what, wait till one of your one or both of your daughters decides they want to become a vegan, and then let me know where let let me know where you stand on it's this. Like business. I, I pack your own lunch. That's where I stand on it. Cool. I will buy some stuff for that, and then you can figure out what you take to lunch. You know what? I bought like a, a, a ice cream cookie sandwich, like a chip witch. Yeah. And like. A soda. I'd like a chip witch right now. That sounds perfect. <laughs> like every day for n- in ninth grade. And <laughs> that was your lunch, basically. <laughs> Chocolate chip witch and a soda. Yeah, because I, I spent my lunch money on bullshit. <laughs> so and it was that's fine. tremendous. It was fine. Yeah, let me look at your fight. <laughs> it didn't stunt my growth or anything. <laughs> All right, let's go to segment three where I've got surprises for you. Ooh, I like surprises. All right, so this is uh, one of those things that's been in the talk sheet for a while. It is just a bunch of sort of household life hacks. And some of these, I think, are bullshit. There was a lot on this list. So I just grabbed the ones I thought were least likely that you would know. And this is a did you know segment where hopefully we can open some folks' eyes to some new ways to get some value out of their household objects. Or why, at least, or why and where they came from. So the first one I have for you is the pom-poms on... A beanie or a toque, as our Canadian <laughs> friends like to call it. You know that I've destroyed people in a Scrabble with the word toque. How do you spell toque? T o q u e. T o q u e. Mm-hmm. Okay, I learned something today. I didn't know how to spell toque. All right, the pom pom on a toque. Where 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 does it come from? Is that what you're is that yeah, what you're do saying? Yeah, you know why it's there? Uh, no. All right, so it was invented by the French. The sailors had it sewn onto their hat to protect their heads if they stood up too quickly below decks. They would protect the top of their head from getting crunched on the the beams. A nice little pad. <laughs> wow, I could have used one this week. Sidebar here, I was doing some work under this conference table, like wiring some stuff, and I like went stood up. I thought I was clear of the of the table, and I came up like super like yeah you're committed hard. to the stand <laughs> i was committed to the stand up because i because my back's been jacked up i kind of have to get wound up to like come up <laughs> so you're generating some generating some energy and i literally had to go to the concussion protocol <laughs> I, I i i had to lie down uh, luckily like no one was there no one was in the, i was the only one in the room and i went boom and i just lied down i just I laid down on my side like in a kind of a like a quarter fetal position i was just like i'm gonna i'm just gonna lie here for just a second until this stops until the earth stops moving again 
I really, I cracked, I crushed myself. Amazing. <laughs> I could have used a pom-pom on my toque. There you go. <laughs> I always enjoy when I hurt myself around the house and like my wife knows me well enough to know that if I stop making sounds after I've been hurt, like just don't say shit. Just wait until I re-engage. <laughs> like I'm just, I have to shut the system down and let right. it reboot. Right. Until and the I pain to, then stops. I got to take a little inventory. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me determine whether or not I'm hurt beyond. Yeah. Regular yeah, yeah. damage report. Damage report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Next. Um, did you know? Okay. So the childproof stopper in bottles. Uh, maybe you've had the thought in the prescription bottle. Maybe you've thought had the thought that, that I don't know why it's called. But don't. Oh, never mind. <laughs> maybe you've thought like I have when I was younger. It's annoying to have this lid on here that I have to always like child use the childproof on because I don't have the kids. Right. Okay. So if you have the standard prescription bottle. And I didn't know this until recently. You can take the lid off, and if you flip it upside down, the yeah. protrusion will fit and be the lid. Yes. Okay, so you knew I this. Did know that. So you can non-childproof that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent for people like me who have basal thumb arthritis. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> no, the old the thing is, I think that childproof caps have gotten way easier. Because when I was a kid, that you had to you had to use an inhuman amount of force to push down the lid and then twist it at the same time Mm -hmm. nowadays that that one the childproof whatever they use nowadays on the standard prescription bottles hardly childproof any kid could just rock it through that that little squeezy one the squeeze the tab one and then turn it yeah come on that's 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 no it's primarily for babies right (laughs) <laughs> like small children if your eight-year-old can get into it, it's fine yeah, you're if your eight-year-old can... teens out of your right my 12 year old can get at the norco yeah. like no problem not yes. a problem yes all right uh do you know why most screwdrivers are hexagonal why they have hexagonal hands or uh handles so they don't roll away when you drop them uh, so that's part of it but it's also because if you need to torque the screwdriver it'll fit in a a, a, like a lug wrench like it'll slide the hex will slide like you could slide the the, the circle on the end of a lug wrench right not you a can? Sock. huh yeah really yeah so that's why it has hexagonal right it'll fit in the teeth of a lug wrench so you can torque you can actually torque it if you have to try wow. to loosen a screw so i guess that, i've never had a screw that well i've never had a screw that that was that was it's, <laughs> that, it's, an, that automotive, it's an automotive thing <laughs> Okay. But yeah, I, so I you guess ever like you ever had a screw right where you can't get enough downward pressure on the screw? Uh huh. So next time you have a stripped out one, try this. You can take okay. the screw, the screwdriver, hold it in your one hand. You, you slide the torque wrench over the handle. Then you can uh-huh. push down hard on the screwdriver and torque it with your other hand. So you can apply all the force of your hand and shoulder oh. downward and torque the screwdriver to make it turn. See, I only have to ever deal with like computer screws, and when yeah. you have a slightly stripped out computer screw, if you just take a rubber band. Mm-hmm. And you put the rubber band on top of the screw hole, and you jam the and you jam the screwdriver in there. It you you can screw that thing right out. That's a good tip. I know that one too. All right. I, there's nothing better than the screwdriver with a little rotating back on it because you oh, need yeah. it to not move. And you're like spinning it with your fingers, and it's pressed against the back of your hand. Uh huh. I really feel yeah. like a man when I'm grinding out those tiny. <laughs> Handling this miniature screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got like giant sausage fingers, right? I have to deal with like little computer screws. It's the worst. All right. Next, I have, I thought this one was very obvious, but I mentioned it to somebody and they didn't know about it. So I wanted to bring it up as a public service announcement. I think you'll probably know this one. Um, in every car next to the little, where the gas gauge is, there's a little arrow next to the gas yes. pump sign. Uh huh. Yes. That indicates which side of the car the gas tank yes. is on. I had to use that last weekend. I had a rental car. Exactly. I traveled, and I and I was pulling to pulling in to get some gas, and I looked at it, and I went, ah. Now here's the deal with that: <laughs> if you're selling a car in America, put the goddamn gas thing on the driver's side. Is that does I mean, it matter? Yeah, absolutely, it matters, right? Because if I have to get out to put gas in, I don't want to have to walk all the way around the car to. I understand if you buy a Europe, maybe perhaps a European car, like might show up on the right hand side. Maybe Japanese cars, because I think Japanese are right hand drive. I mean, I get that, but if you're if you have an American brand car, that gas can that that gas the gas the gas cap needs to be on the driver's side. 
I'm very, 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 uh, very committed to this. Okay. I don't think I have an opinion oh. on that. Really? No. I don't think I care. All right. All I care about is, you know, how difficult it is to get to the gas pump. <laughs> All right, next I've got the paper cups for condiments. So have you ever wondered why they come in the, you know, the, they're not just a Dixie cup, right? It's a little folded paper cup. Yeah, yeah. Do you know why that is? Can't you pull that thing apart? Yeah, and fan it out and make it a bigger. Uh, I never for do that. Ketchup. Do you ever do that? I have done it. Yes. Yeah. Do people are people impressed by it? They always are surprised. They. they I, I don't think I've ever been like, oh yeah. Nobody's ever no or sorry, no one has ever been like, oh yeah yeah I do that too. No, it's always like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I only want to have to have one of these. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I've got to try to like. I think it's a good move. Do you do you does it? Uh, do you not rip it or anything? So it's no. Fine? You just you just. Pull it kind apart. Of, Just kind of press it outward and then pull it apart a little bit. Here's what I like to do. I like to buy a quarter pounder with cheese and I like to use the whole top of the lid of the thing and fill it full of ketchup at the pump. There you go. Just flip it open? Yeah, you flip it open. You, well, you, you, it's on the tray, right? So you mm-hmm. take it over. If, you, if it's McDonald's with the ketchup pump, you just take your quarter pounder with cheese box, you open it, and then you and then you fill the whole top side with ketchup. I was in a um, business calf situation recently where I was an unfamiliar one and they had like ketchup packets and I was Uh with my host from the company that I was at. Okay. And I was saying, I was like, you know, ketchup packets should be three times this size. And she, of course, laughed and agreed and then said, yeah, but it's way better than like the pump in the cups. And I was like, what? What? Way better? In what world is the packet better than the pump and the cups? No world. In no world is it better. Yeah, I don't know. This was some Canadian, so they probably don't know what they're talking about. To all our Canadian friends. (laughs) It's a a fairly strong portion of our our audience and our our weekly downloads. These these days. um, So is that a common Canadian... feeling the packets are better than the pump and the pump is the best there's no the pump pump is the pump is where it's at and and when you get because when i get the packet i i grab three and i rip the three of them all at the same time and then squeeze all three into the into the thing and then of course i don't know i mean maybe they're thinking it's wasteful because people always over pump the ketchup but people take twice as many ketchup packets as they need and then whoever returns the unopened no, cup, they chuck ketchup them. packet they chuck them yeah so it's it's tomato tomato on this ketchup deal i would be fine with ketchup packets you just need to make them three times as big as they are <laughs> you need to make them with a pump on them <laughs> <laughs> yeah well actually there we go so the ketchup yeah. packet should be like those to go applesauce things you get for your kids yeah. yeah, with the you know you crack the the, the yeah. lid open and you squeeze it out the little hole. Uh-huh. That's what the ketchup yeah. packet should be. Yeah, it should be a syringe. <laughs> <laughs> you should just you should just like snap the tip off of it and just like syringe all the ketchup like into wherever you need it. All right. <laughs> um, I have a couple more, and we're about to hit the buzzer here, but we'll get through these last couple quickly. Uh, I just thought it was funny that do you know a margin? My paper has margins. Uh, I don't know. It's not just to look pretty. It's because rats were a plague and they needed paper to have margins. So, like, if you wrote something on the paper, the rat wouldn't eat the thing you wrote. They would eat the edge <laughs> of the paper first. <laughs> that can't be true. Well, I said these It's got to be just aesthetics. It just, it, they don't want you to write all the way to the edge. All right. Uh, a couple other ones. <laughs> the rats eat the paper, edge <laughs> of the paper. So, <laughs> that's got to be, that's apocryphal. Yeah, I think this next one is too, like that it's for this, but it's actually quite a, a smart use of it. So when you buy clothes, you always get the little fabric swatch with the buttons on t- attached to it, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And it seems obvious, okay, well, the button, or maybe I need to patch the thing. But if you ever have to um, waterproof it or, or use some, some detergent on it, it always tells you to find it, like to test it, right? Uh-huh. So hang on to those samples or the, the little patches, and you can use that as your your test fabric. Man, what are you putting on your clothes? I'm not saying. I'm just whatever. <laughs> like bleach? Well, yes. I, like like all temperature? Yes. And when I, I pour it directly on myself while I'm wearing the clothes. <laughs> after I, I pour it into my eyes. Yes. <laughs> That's great. After watching Katie Holmes movies, you pour them into your eyes. Did you know that Chinese food takeout containers are designed to be unfolded so they can be used mm. as plates? I did. I have, I, and I do it all the time. Like I go to, I go to the Safeway and get myself some uh, some chow mein. 
when I'm <laughs> when I'm really feeling good about myself, and then I just crack that I just crack that thing wide open, eat it. Uh, I don't know if this is truly intent, but it seems something like something. It might save somebody's life if they hear it. So I would. Uh, you know how car headrests are, are removable? Yeah. This article claims that. Can you use them as a flotation device? <laughs> no, but you can use them oh. to smash a window. That if you're trapped inside. Oh yeah, I mean, they're, I'm sure they're not made exactly for that, but that's a good use of them. Yes. Like, do you know? Do you know people who own that little tool? The oh, I seat have belt? one in all my cars. Really? Mm-hmm. You have the? You're the guy? Yeah, you I have, have one like, in all my cars. The, I also have a first you, aid kit. You have this. I have a first aid kit in my car, but you have the you have the little seatbelt slicer window buster. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, I'm the guy. <laughs> I know someone's made a billion dollars selling those things, but um, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anyone who who's who's owned who's owned one. Yeah, well, I like to be prepared. All right. Well, I hope you ever. I hope you never need it. Me too. That's why I have it because I feel like that will help me never need it. <laughs> <laughs> the last one I have is something I, again. Uh, public service announcement: If you're not aware that the your your solo cups are a graduated cylinder, um, if you look inside, there are lines on the inside of the cup. They're not mm. labeled, but the lines are one ounce, five ounces, and twelve ounces. Shot, okay. wine, beer. Shot, wine, beer, mm-hmm. and or all three at the same time for you people who like are into the mixer. The hell of a cocktail. <laughs> the hell of a cocktail. Um, well, that's a, that's is that is handy. Yeah, don't no one ever me- no one ever measures that stuff though. Eh, you just pour it in there. You know, just if glug, you're glug, uptight, glug. you're feeling. <laughs> It's nice that the people at so- Solo have put those into the cup for me. I think it's I think it's clever. But people are just glug. I mean, if you've got a red Solo cup in your hand, the last thing you're worried about is accurate measurements. No, in fact, fill that bitch to the top. <laughs> right, with whatever you got. Whatever you're pouring, just pour it all. Just fill it all the way to the yeah, top. Yeah, I'll sip it. It's fine. <laughs> fill the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, take all that bullet rye and just pour it into my cup all the way to the top. That's something that servers do with the water cups where I always look at my, my wife and she says they're trained to do that because she used to be a server. It's like, why do you fill this water? It's like to the point where I can't even move the cup. <laughs> like Because they don't want you to move it? Right. Like you can see the meniscus of the water on top of the thing. Like yes. it's if I touch this, it, like half of it's going to pour out. Yes. Why does the water have to be so full? So why why is it? I don't know. Do they, is there a reason they just tell you to do it? Like yeah. it's a it's a it's a service standard. Like yeah, it's we're like gonna give you all the water. Yeah, there's a full glass of water, so you can't bitch about it not being full. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. All right. Well, that was fun. Yeah. But now it's time to move on, and that means now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! All right. So once again, I've got one. Special for you before we get into the officials. All right. Uh, Chris, you wear glasses, right? I'm wearing them right now. I know. You must be excited for next year. Because? It'll be the first time you see 2020. (laughs) Ah, The the version of that joke that, that I had... I had come up with was... I'm not really sure what I'm going to be doing next year. Because I don't have 20-20 vision. I think you told that before. Yeah, I told that one yeah. a while back. Oh, well, I've forgotten about it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we've got some bad ones to start here. You ready? Love the bad ones. <laughs> what do you get if you cross a cat with a parrot? A carrot. A cat. A carrot. <laughs> a cat because yes. it eats the parrot. Yeah, there you go. A carrot. A carrot. Come on. This is terrible. Look, man, I just read the jokes. I don't write them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Why did the man throw the clock out the window? He wanted to see time fly. Yeah, that's good. Close enough. If goods become damaged in transport, do they become bads? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> if goods become damaged in transport, would you date them anyway? <laughs> that's the question you really need to ask yourself. How do you make a bandstand? Take away the chairs. Take away the chair. <laughs> Obviously. What does a cloud do when it gets an itch? Finds the nearest skyscraper. <laughs> Finally, Uh-oh. my ex misses me, but her aim is improving. <laughs> but uh, hey, that's like a that's like a, that's like a that's like a Rodney Dangerfield joke. It was really surprising to me to find that in the dad jokes calendar. I was like, really? Yeah. 
So a murderous ex-lover <laughs> is the punchline. That's what we're down with. Cool. And and we get to come and we get to uh, and we get to announce that dad joke did make it into the dictionary uh, this week. You know, so I like to celebrate it, except the fact that I hate the fact that the dictionary just keeps adding words that are homonyms. Like it seems dumb. Sure, but I guess that's I mean, how like, we got all these. Ho- that's or not homonyms, synonyms. Jesus, <laughs> my God, <laughs> homonyms, synonyms. You know, uh, homonyms very specific. Yeah, um, the actually the opposite of a synonym, <laughs> not quite right. the opposite, but uh, anyway. You know. Point is that I guess that's how we got all these synonyms to begin with. People just start well, saying I mean, other things. I know that, like, the Oxford Dictionary will put stuff in, like, you know, just... Bootylicious? Language of the day. Yes. And then, and then it's just stuck in there. And, like, somebody 20 years from now is going to look at it and say, uh, Bootylicious. <laughs> like, yeah, like, Mom, what does Bootylicious mean? Go look it up in the dictionary. Go look it up in the dictionary. I wonder you, what it says. Yeah, go look it up. I don't know. It's just stupid. Did you have a joke for us this week? I do. All right, here's my joke. People in Athens really hate getting up early because, you know, Don is tough on Greece. <laughs> Don is tough on Greece. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> There's something about, I don't know, maybe like, did was Greece ever conquered? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, probably right like like why does attila the hun use dish soap in all his baths because <laughs> don gets the grease out of your way <laughs> i liked it don is tough on grease don is tough on grease anyway all right glad i sold that one hard all right i wasn't feeling so i wasn't feeling so great about that one. i liked it all right well, there's great. more to it too yeah, yeah all right well last couple of minutes let's go to the overtime overtime so, <laughs> you saw what I wrote in here. I I'm sort of mouth agape because we 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 only have a few minutes, but this is this we're not is like this is this is some, definitely some heavy lifting. You were I don't know what kind of state of mind you were in when you wrote this the overtime, but um, whatever. I can give I mean, you the backstory. Sure, so give me the backstory. There's like a one of those many freemium games that I'll you know that I kind of enjoy on my phone now and again. Mm-hmm. It has gone through an update that's very clearly targeted at the, you know the revenue stream, which I understand. Like, you don't want to cater to people like me who don't pay for the privilege of playing your game. You want to update the game for the people that spend the most money. I, while I understand right. that, I don't like it. And in, in fact, we've talked before on this podcast about microtransactions because it used to be that buying a video game was like this release. You was like buying a book, you just or, or a movie. You, you it was just you got to interact with it. But now it's just another thing to like latch onto you and suck money from your wallet because it keeps i love the continuous update aspects of newer video games Mm -hmm. but i just hate that if you don't want to spend any more money on it than what it costs to acquire and i get it more with the freemium mobile stuff don't get me wrong because that's the business model but on the stuff where it's like actual console gaming and there's Mm -hmm. if you want to stay in the meta you have to spend money that's pretty fucked up yeah that's i agree i agree i mean i've already spent $65, $75 on your game. Yeah. It should be playable to the point where, you know, at least it it should be playable through whatever the logical conclusion of that particular game is. Now, I understand if you put out an upgrade, additional modules, whatever, like the next version, the next, the next aspect of the story, whatever version 1.5, whatever, I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, go ahead and say it's $9 and maybe if, if I finish the game already, maybe I'll pop for it. Sure. But the, uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I hate when they do that to you. In you buy the you buy the full game, and all of a sudden now there's microtransactions. It yeah. just makes me crazy. Or like, and new weapons show up or whatever, and it changes the balance of power in the game. But you had to spend money on it to get it. Or it was in such a rare thing, like like the loot box thing, right? The whole thing where you have to right. spend money and then maybe you get it. Like that's the worst. Yeah. The the yeah. Then you have to. Then your power ups or your your progression is based on the random number generator, which right again is just horseshit. Well, I mean, these games run double drop events, right? Too, where you go in and, and based on what you do, you the, the the loot is doubled, 
And it's okay. like, you'll go through and like do a full complement of grinding and get none of the loot that's supposed to be in the double drop. And it's like, that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, the grind. I don't have time for grindy games anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the reason I dropped WoW. Yeah. I mean, it's. I just want a story. I want a story where that's either a sports game that I can play or the, a storyline that, that keeps me sort of mostly straight and narrow. Like, you know, it, it's a, you know... I've been playing Days Gone. I didn't play it all summer long, but now that the now that the the weather's going to get bad again, I'll probably start playing it again. But this but. isn't a conversation about video games. <laughs> it's about how capitalism is ruining everything. Yeah. So it's you know we're having this fight about athletic compensation, right? Again, like for mm-hmm. college athletes, and it's never going to stop. And it's because the so much money has been pumped in the industry, and it's been so commercialized that now it generates a ton of revenue. So it's like there it's labor, there's profit. In some way, you have to square that. You have to make people whole in that situation. You can't just continue mm-hmm. to generate profit off of unpaid labor. And hey, if you want to make an argument that the existing compensation model is adequate, I guess that's at least a position to hold. Um, it's not one I necessarily agree with, but beside the point, it is this kind of thing is sort of ruining what was great about athletics, not not amateur sports, but just sports in general. Just that it is such, you know, you saw the player movement in the NBA. There's just no there's no time to sort of build the enthusiasm that is required to kind of get attached to players and stuff. Cause everybody's a mercenary. At right. all times. And, and, and it, it does feel like the actual game takes a backseat to the drama around. Is this player going to stay? Is this player going to go? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said about players having power in that way. Sure. And but they're the only it's one of the only professions in the in, in the world where you don't get to choose where you work. Right. Right. Which I which I fixed a long time ago. <laughs> I fi- I fixed that one too. But the uh but yes, I mean so for people who just say, Hey, I just want to watch the games, you can you can you can watch football games or ba- basketball games, I mean, just on their own. But I think the the 24-hour sports news cycle wants you to know about such and such so person's contract and you know what this person's making what that person's making it's it's part of what people are interested in so we get that um we get loads of that but um i know more about the nba than i've ever known about the nba and we haven't had a team in 10 years (laughs) right but do you think that's do you think that's capitalism ruining ruining that or is it just more of of the fact that players are understanding their value more and are, are flexing, which might be a good thing. I think it's less of a problem in professional sports where we sort of, the growth is, is not, there's only so many, it can only be so big. I think in college sports, it's a much larger problem with the capitalism. And, and, and ultimately what I was getting at here is that there's, 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 there's a fair amount of people in this country and in the world who feel like less government regulation is is a positive thing, that more capitalism, that free markets are, are the right way to make decisions. And, you know, we've talked before on the show about, I think, responsible or social capitalism makes a lot more sense. You want companies to want people to be healthy and good. You want, you don't want companies to, you know, not actively try to kill the people that are using their products. Uh, obviously, we saw the thing about pork deregulation this week, where now the pork industry is responsible for... Uh, regulating itself and inspecting itself. If you haven't seen that story, I recommend maybe you take a hiatus from bacon until we get some rules back in place. <laughs> just cook it. Right, yeah, It'll be fine. Just cook it. But still, it's, it's, it is frustrating to me to watch um, people in power and people who lobby on behalf of power continue to push for the ability to exploit the market to its breaking point. And we've already seen it once with the housing crisis where you took you know, if you've seen the big short, you know, you took essentially garbage assets, bucketed them all together and then made it into a new fund and called it a triple A fund. But it was trash to begin with. You just put the trash in a gold bag and said it was sure. it was gold inside. Sure. And I so- think I think you know, we people have been sort of lamenting late stage capitalism for a long time. But that's what I'm frustrated by is like the people that are in power and the people that would benefit the most, to me money is not a real thing. It's not a real thing. It's completely based on economic confidence, like the actual cash. As soon as the economy collapses or the government fails, whatever money you have no longer exists. It's just it's like if you have Bitcoin and then it submar- the, mar- the market submarines, it's not suddenly still worth something. 
No. I but mean, cash yeah, is any different. The, in the case of the zombie apocalypse, I'd rather have a pallet full of spam than a pallet full of gold. Right. But that's right. the thing. is like, even if you live by the gold standard, gold isn't really worth anything. We just decided anything. it is. We just decided. No, exactly. I mean, humans have put values on other things. But getting back to our conversation about late stage capitalism is you have to have regulation. You have to have regulation. There's just no two ways about it. I mean, to I think we've we've seen what humans being what human beings do without control rods, mm-hmm. and it's never good. <laughs> yeah. So as a society, you have to you have to you have to have regulation. There's there's I I don't think that's even a I mean even the most free of the most free of free marketers uh, would realizes deep down inside that regulations required. Yeah, <clears> now they, they won't go on TV and say it like that though. Yeah, but I mean, so if we just you know, lightly touch on the fact that there, the news this week was also that that the government's saying that California can't have its own emission standards, right? <laughs> which, which on the which on the whole, like, which the knee jerk reaction is that's probably like, oh my gosh, that's a terrible thing. But here's what you could do: well, it having having California emissions have having California not have its own emission standards makes it easier for the auto makers to compete because now they don't have to make cars specifically for California auto emissions. Well, but, and I think that that's what they're doing there is they're, they understand their, their portion of the economy is such that if they get car makers to make California cars, that all cars will be California cars. Right. It's but cheaper to do other, that, right? But the other thing is now if the regulation came back and we said that, hey, perhaps – Perhaps we should we should tax carbon in a certain way that that allows then then it's sort of that regulation takes over for for California emissions and then you could tax if if California does in fact create an inordinate amount of carbon then they would pay taxes on that and the taxes you would use that those taxes to attack the problem of carbon uh-huh. as long as as long as the carbon tax isn't some blank check for her, like the government to do like whatever the hell they want to. As long as it's purposeful, as long as regulation is purposeful, then it works. Otherwise, otherwise it's just a, it's just a, you're just making life hard for people for no reason. So that's kind of how, I mean, I know we don't have a ton of time to dig too deeply into it, but, but the, but it's, it's from my perspective, I like a freer market but I also believe that that purposeful regulation is key to making anything successful. Well, you've heard me say it before. We just need to incentivize altruism. You need to make a tax code that's based around doing good for the people on the planet. So you can make your profits, but then you save your money in taxes by doing the things that you should be doing anyway. Um, if you were just, you know, if capitalism had a heart. But I, I guess what's frustrating to me about it is to watch people who are smart enough and old enough to know better continue to put a system through intense stress in a way that is going to ultimately cause it to collapse. I guess at that point you just hope your walls and gates are strong enough, huh? I mean, (laughs) yes, but I think that, that, you know, the Pollyanna ish part of me sort of believes that, that, you know, as long as there's as much as as much as the capitalists are squeezing the the rock for more blood, mm-hmm. um, there are people who who stress the system unnecessarily on the other end as well by taking advantage of safety nets and taking advantage of welfare programs that they oh get the they, fuck, get the fuck out they, of here that is not they, a meaning, sh- that is not a meaningful portion of the stress in the economy. Well, it's I mean, not. yes, it is. But I mean, we can we we're going to have to we can't obviously <laughs> talk about this here. We can't hash this out in in the next 10 minutes, but or next 1 minute, but I that's just how I that's just how I feel about it. So, well, there we well, have it. The reason I got here is cuz I was reading a, a a fairly long report by PricewaterhouseCoopers about the future of the workforce in 2020 or sorry, 2030, rather. Sure. Um and it breaks down to like four um fields of work four worlds of work possible futures and like the blue world where corporate is king is what they call it and it goes on to be like it's like the corporate the the blue world uh a corporate career separates the haves from the have-nots and i'm like so you mean now like it's almost i mean you can make it without a corporate career but it it it, dang if it isn't damn near impossible 
and that's the well i mean that's that's part of it right yeah. part of it is part of it is you know equality of opportunity versus versus you know yeah, there's a reason people are, so yeah, there's, are moving towards cities right there's that's the popular anyway this isn't really our thing, and I, I got, I'm well beyond well beyond what I wanted to spend time on this with. We can come back to this some I, other time. We will, uh, yeah, we absolutely can. All but right, well, uh, that's, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was sort of a little bit a little bit wary about it, but that's okay. That's you know sometimes we sometimes yeah you know, it's how we feel. I just want it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod. I'm going to be out next week. Um, Chris is going to have a special guest in what well, I almost said in studio, but in, in, in online studio, stu- in online studio. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. The way we always do it. And uh, I, I think I'm, I'm always interested to, hear, to listen to the show when I'm not on it. So I look forward to that, but I'll be back the week after. Um, so we hope that this week in particular, we hope you live a more lived. A, we we hoped we help you live a more deeply examined life. If you don't already, please subscribe and a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. Chris and special guests, do you already need, do you have you lined that up yet? I have. Okay. Do you want to tease it? Not really. Okay. <laughs> I guess you'll find out next week. Chris and his special guests will be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and perhaps some existentialism. And until then, peace. Peace.